Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we've got Jeff Colt on the podcast. Jeff is the brand director for ZipFit, and we also have our very own Kara Williard, boot fitter extraordinaire and reviewer extraordinaire, jumping in with me on this conversation because it's always fun to talk about liners and zip fits and all things ski boots with Kara. So in this conversation, we talk about the Blister Summit uh, and ZipFit's <laughs> rather significant presence there. We talk about inner boots, a term that some of you may have heard before when I had ZipFit founder Sven Coomer on the podcast some time ago. We talk about ZipFit's philosophy of first fit, which you have heard us talk quite a bit about on Gear 30, versus third day fit, and I will let Jeff explain that distinction to you. We also talk about the art and practice and sometimes the pain of reviewing ski boots, and we have a bit of a conversation about some best practices stuff for how to go about doing that. And then, among other things, we talk about this new collab between Fisher Ski Boots and ZipFit. Jeff offers us his own crashes and close calls story, and we then wrap things up with what we are celebrating this week. So this is a really good episode, lots of food for thought here, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. This episode of Gear 30 is presented by the Skiers Sports Shop, which is our blister recommended shop in Edmonton, Alberta. The Skiers Sports Shop has been family-owned and operated for over 50 years and is one of the oldest shops in Edmonton. They also carry a wide selection of brands and offer full services on skis and snowboards and boot fitting. Plus, they offer a trade-in program for kids' gear, so anytime your kid outgrows their current gear, you can easily and affordably upgrade it throughout the season. The Skiers Sports Shop has a significant presence in the Alberta community, but for those of you who do not live nearby, they also have a full online store that you can check out at skierssportshop.com. And of course... We will include a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. And now, let's talk about liners and or inner boots with Jeff and Kara. Here we go. Well, I am very happy to be here talking about inner boots, as we learned a while ago to call, you know, liners. Uh, but here with our very own Kara Williard and Jeff Colt, the brand director of ZipFit. Jeff, how are you today and where are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, we've had a lot of excitement in the little ZipFit family the last couple of days. Our managing director, Chris, and his wife just had a baby. Wow. So that's been very exciting. And we're here in Carbondale, Colorado. So the Roaring Fork Valley, 25 miles north of Aspen, not too far from Crested Butte. Yeah. Kara, I have been to ZipFit headquarters. Have you yet? 
No, I have yet to make the honorary visit to ZipFit headquarters, but I hope to someday. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well, and we did just have a chance to be in person with Jeff uh, at our Blister Summit. That was pretty good. And as we've kind of been talking about, ZipFit got quite a bit of attention at the summit. Jeff, thoughts on that? Were you surprised? Was that sort of what you were anticipating? What's your kind of recap of the summit? Yeah, thank you all. The Blister Summit was awesome. Uh, On our end, we were hopeful to get to be in front of new customers, skiers who'd heard of ZipFit, but hadn't had the opportunity to hold a pair or ski in a pair. Um, And with Fisher also present at the Blister Summit, be able to talk that new RC4 Pro model boot. We also did a a demo uh, program for skiers to be able to take ZipFits out and try them on hill. It went way better than we could have expected. Um, The upside to it going really well as there was a lot of buzz about zip fit. A lot of new skiers got out in zip fit and understood what proper foot positioning, what the transfer and kind of power of a, a proper inner boot can do for their skiing. The downside was maybe I was fitting a lot more boots and not getting uh, out skiing quite as much as, as I would have hoped it, but amazing conditions at Crested Butte. It's such a cool mountain to get to ski when there's, when there's ample snow. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure I really knew what to expect either. And I just kept, you know, rolling through and being busy trying to sort of somewhat manage an event. And it was like, my God, the ZipFit folks, it's, there's never a dull moment over and, uh, that, that section of, uh, of the summit. So, um, it seemed like things were going well and, and it was pretty cool. I guess I don't know the answer to this, but it sounds like maybe there haven't really been many events like that where you people could just roll up and be like, let me check one of these things out that I've been hearing about. Yeah. Our um, our longtime distributor, Mountain Peak Designs, uh, Charlie Webb, he worked with, I think, a boot fitter in Whistler for a little while trying to set up a, a similar demo program where people could demo the liners. And he gave me a little bit of a rundown of, you know, what worked, what didn't work and what to expect. We have not done an event like that because we are um, selling liners, both in shops as well as online for our online sales. You know, we're, we're hoping that we're addressing the segment of, you know, the skiing population that doesn't have access to an excellent boot fitter that carries zip fits. So with them, you know, those customers, if they order a zip fit, they have a couple days to try it. And if it doesn't work for their boot, if it doesn't work for their fit, um, they can send it back to us. But we we haven't really done a like, all right, there's 35 people all out on the mountain skiing in zip fits, trying out this this uh, inner boot. And we had a couple athletes, Garai Dali and Turner Peterson there helping out. And I think they were helping amp people up and ski with, ski with uh, skiers who are demoing some zip fits. So all in all, the energy was really good. I think the feedback from skiers was really excellent. And it was cool having that mix of general public, of gear testers, of brand reps, athletes, all coming through the booth, getting to kind of poke their nose in a pair of zip fits and figure out, you know, what we were doing. So definitely a first for us on that front. It's funny. I have to, as hearing you talk, I mean, one of the things I found myself thinking was like great for zip fit, but 
just great for liners in general and people like maybe helping to understand like, oh, right. It's not just this plastic shell that you actually see. It's this thing going on within that shell. And I think raising awareness of that and getting skiers more attuned to pay attention to that and understand how that works. I mean, that's going to be part of our work here today. But I think that's just good for like the ski industry in general to sort of continue to try to increase awareness, understanding, education about that part. And as I said, I think we're going to be touching on some of that today. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to dive in just to, you mentioned the inner boot before, but why why we talk about zip fits as an inner boot, as opposed to a ski boot liner. And like the main, I think easiest to grasp uh, way that I've, I've learned to speak about it is zip fits are built by boot makers with your lower leg and foot morphology in mind. So the shape of a foot, the shape of, uh, of a lower leg, it's not symmetrical. There's asymmetry to the calf muscles to, you know, your ankles aren't in the same place. So all of that is taken into account with a zip fit inner boot, whereas a conventional ski boot liner or what we might consider stock liners, they're really making a product that's designed to fit into a ski boot. So that's their primary focus. It's not the morphology of the the human leg and foot. Um, So the inner boot, it's really what's positioning the foot in the right place, holding the heel that first and fifth metatarsal down and secure. So you have proper balance, allowing minor pronation when you actually want it through turns, but for the most part, giving you really good heel lock and ankle positioning. So you can still wiggle your toes. And then the ski boot in theory is no different than, you know, the binding and that it's what's attaching your foot and your inner boot to the ski system. So that interface with the ski is the liner or inner boot. And that's where ZipFit, I think, stands apart from most other products in the market is we're really thinking about the shape of the foot and the leg, as opposed to a stock liner, which is thinking about the shape of the ski boot. Kara, thoughts on that? Because I'm imagining a whole lot of people from other boot companies maybe wanting to say, wait a sec. So, I, I lo- this is so fun for me, by the way, like every boot question, every liner question, whatever I, Kara is my go-to like, all right, Kara, like, what do we think? By which I mean, what do you think? So this is a pretty cool conversation. I'm really psyched to be talking to the two of you in particular on this, but, but Kara be maybe devil's advocate here. Like how, if, if we were all sitting round table with a bunch of other people who work on liners and that combination liner and shell, what would they say to what Jeff just said? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And I think one of the things we should maybe consider is how manufacturers might be tailoring to that like initial fit in store. So like what is going to feel good when someone first steps in that boot? Because that's going to be sort of that essential moment where they're either like, take this thing off of my foot, or maybe we can proceed down the road of customization and everything else. Whereas, you know, maybe like a zip fit that has never been heated up um, you know, someone might slip their foot on that and be like, Ooh, I don't know about this kind of thing, you know? And it's hard for me, of course, to play devil's advocate because I've fit zip fits for over a decade and I've kind of seen it in real person as far as, uh, you know, what difference they can make. But I think what we should maybe talk about is 
what the importance like of a liner is and what is a liner really achieving as far as the foundation of a fit because it seems like it's one of the most overlooked aspects of ski boot fitting. It's kind of like we can get the custom insole and we can get you in the right shell and the liners maybe not something that's even being pulled out or considered um, or shown to the customer. And so I don't know, let's just kind of dive into like why liners are important and also maybe why manufacturers have kind of just really aimed for that like first fit to be the moment that captures the consumer. First of all, Kara, you're 100% right. And we've had a number of boot people from other brands talk about the importance of first fit. So you're not making that up. Like they all emphasize that. But I guess, Jeff, I'm not, I don't know that I've ever heard you or Sven, and we will talk about Sven more in this conversation. I don't actually recall sort of the zip fit stance on this this issue of first fit, right? Which is, if, if you guys correct me if, if you don't like my paraphrase here, but this is what many boot manufacturers say. The minute a potential customer slips into a ski boot, if they don't automatically feel comfortable, they're out, right? So that's why so many boot manufacturers talk about the importance of that first fit. That, that kind of immediate, comfort, comfortable, this feels great, I'm happy, let's just buy this. Jeff, talk a little bit about ZipFit's philosophy of quote-unquote first fit. Absolutely. I um, think that that plush feeling of the like stock liner first fit, that's not something we try to achieve at ZipFit. And uh, in fact, we, we do kind of turn that model on its head. Um, for ZipFit, the real like, aha moment comes not necessarily at first fit, not even your first run skiing in the liner. It comes in your third day skiing in that liner. And that third day, the cork material that we use, it's dynamic. So it's going to continue moving around out of it, like being pushed out of areas of high pressure or pressure points and filling voids in that fit. So the thing I hear most from customers, and I love regurgitating our customers' testimonials because there's a lot of them. The, the reason or the, the thing that I hear most is the first three days, you're thinking zip fits are different. And that third day, everything clicks and you understand different is good. Um, different is better. And then for a zip fit customer, they get to enjoy from, you know, from their, their, you know, first uh, couple days in zip fits to their 300th, 500th, 700th day in that liner a fit that continues to refine and form to their leg and foot shape and really continues to get better. Almost like a, you know, a, a baseball glove uh, analogy of it really molds to your leg and your foot. So that first fit, I often, you know, ask skiers like, can you lift your heels at all? Okay. The answer is no, that's good. Do you have any pressure over your instep? How about through, uh, you know, through your lateral Achilles channel? Okay, maybe there's a little pressure there. That's normal. Those pressure points, when you have that added assistance of gravity and really pressuring your boots as you're skiing, that's what's going to make those minute adjustments and really dial in the fit of a zip fit. So yeah, I think you can focus on first fit. If you are, you're likely using a a foam material that is going to pack out pretty significantly, or you can focus on longevity and long-term solution. And that's where we try to enter the picture, offering something that isn't that plush feel uh, at first fit per se, but does actually 
help mold to your foot. And if you end up skiing through your ski boot shells and want to get new shells, you know, by reheating the liner and rewarming it up, that cork material, um, it stays dynamic. It stays malleable. Uh, it doesn't dry out. There's a lot of properties about our Omfit cork that Sven honed in on over many decades to, to make it a material that's going to have a long lifespan as well as continuing to work for that skier. Question. Generalization. At this point, ZipFit's been around for a while. Yeah. So at this point, would you say, and again, obviously I'm asking for a general answer here. How informed are the people coming to you to inquire about a zip fit liner? Like, because part of me from everything you just said, it wouldn't surprise me if you're like, yeah, in general, they've kind of, they've been through it. They've been through a number of liners. Now they're coming to zip fit because they have heard some stuff. Maybe it's word of mouth. Maybe they've read some reviews, whatever. So they're coming pretty informed. So you're not having to kind of explain this all the time with from, you know, or you might say, nah, man, it's way more varied than that. So what's it, what's it actually like? Yeah, I have, I have like probably a 40 minute conversation on the phone once a week with a customer Uh who really like either hasn't put some work into uh, learning more about zip fits on their own or has a pretty interesting and unique foot uh, and has a, a fit issue that we're really trying to work through and think through, you know, of our seven liners, what might be the best option for them. Um, most of our phone calls, and, and we do try to nail customer service and be as helpful for our customers as possible. Most of our phone calls are, you know, I'm thinking about these two liners. I've read maybe one or maybe all 57 pages on like the, the pug ski ski talk forum on zip fits. There's a lot of amazing forums out there. So thank you to everyone, you know, in the blister forums and ski talk and TGR in these different areas, talking about our liners, because for the most part, you're crowdsourcing information and making it accessible to skiers who want to learn more. So a lot of skiers come to us, Hey, I, you know, I saw this in the blister buyer's guide, or I heard about this, you know, through the blister summit, um, you know, recap podcast. I want to learn more. We try to have digestible and approachable information on our website. We have a fit finding tool to hone in on like, what last is your shell? Do you have a larger lower set calf? Do you have, you know, wiggle room or like a bit of looseness in your current fit, uh, fit, you know? What is your instep ankle volume? Is it kind of narrow and skinny or wider like a tree trunk? We try to ask those questions in that fit quiz to be able to at least provide some guidance, but there's definitely handholding in um, in helping folks select a zip fit liner if they don't have that opportunity to go into a shop and actually see them in person. Um, I think a lot of skiers have the idea that okay, their liner's packed out, their shell's still in pretty good condition. This is when you buy a replacement liner. I think almost all ZipFit users would tell you once they ski a ZipFit, they're not going to ski another liner. And like, had they known to just buy the liner from the start and then go find the fit for their ski boot, they could have done that. You know, we say the liners are transferable between shells as long as you're in that same family, right? Like you're in the 98 last family, 102 last family, 
91, 93 last family. Um, so there is the other approach of just, Hey, I want this liner and I'm going to get the shell that works with it. But yeah, users definitely come to us with different varying levels of knowledge. And some of them are like, Hey man, I've been skiing. You know, I've had two pairs of zip fits in my 25 years. I got my first pair from Sven at Footloose in Mammoth. He fit them. I sent a check to Mary and Sven yeah. <laughs> in 2007 for my second pair. Um, like, it's really cool to see you guys have a website. I'm so excited to get my third pair. Like what's changed with the lineup. So all ranges. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, there is such a huge educational component to it, which of course I've seen on the retail side and what really happens a lot of the time is someone is so focused on the the problem they're having and the pain that they're having that it's really hard to think about like, oh, well, now I have to like make a new investment to, you know, achieve like the better fit that they're the boot fitters telling me that this liner is going to do. But, you know, realistically, it's like you can chase these problems with Band-Aid solutions like all day and all night as a boot fitter. It's like, okay, well, your heel's loose, so we're going to slap some pads on this and then there's going to be pressure points. But, you know, like this is kind of we can go we can walk this path and it can be a little bit um, frustrating on both the boot fitter and the consumer's end. And maybe we're not actually achieving like a better fit in the end. We're just kind of chasing the problem. Um, whereas like if you can kind of ha have that educational conversation from an earlier stage about like the importance of a liner and what an aftermarket liner can really achieve when it comes to a ski boot fit, then maybe this conversation isn't one that we have to have as often and more information will just be circulated out there. So I think it's, it's really good that you guys, you know, you're still t talking to customers on the regular and that, you know, everyone at Blister and things like that, we can start to kind of talk about the importance of liners and aftermarket liners and different options like zip fits. Yeah. I think, I think the fact that the RC4 Pro is going to be coming with a zip fit and that might be people's first introduction to a zip fit in her boot is through buying this new shell and their boot fitter recommends it. Um, hopefully that'll turn some heads because really like we definitely have, you know, old time zip fit loyalists who come to us and they're like, Hey, I just got, you know, a used shell at, you know, the, the used gear store for like a hundred bucks. I want to throw a zip fit in it. And like in their mind, that's getting a whole new boot set up for 650 bucks with a zip fit, as opposed to, you know, spending 900 bucks on a new shell and, um, and liner. So yeah, we're excited and, and optimistic about the RC4 Pro um, and just raising more brand awareness throughout Europe um, alongside Fisher. And hopefully that boot will do well in, in uh, the US and North American markets as well, because it is an exceptional value when you start thinking about what else is on the market for a similar level uh, custom fit. This is the part in the conversation where I'm tempted to throw in that public service announcement. We've said this before in past episodes, um, you know, where on Gear 30, where we've talked about ski boots, but just in case people are not clear on this, if you are finding that your ski boots are not fitting the way they used to, and you're like, this sucks, now my feet hurt or something or other like that, just keep in mind here, you don't necessarily need to go throw away your whole shell and liner, your shell might be just fine. And it might just be the liner. We've, we've brought up this 
the talk of aftermarket liners. And I still think this is something really worth reminding, even if it's only a few folks out there where this is still kind of news to. This is the key part, maybe. Assuming you are in a shell that is fitting you pretty well, and we do know that many, many people are still in a shell that is too large for them. So that's one question where you might actually need to start over if your shell is too big. And now that I say that out loud, that's actually probably a lot of people listening to this. But if you like that shell, this is where we would all really encourage you to check out whether it's a zip fit or another aftermarket liner. Go look at that because you might not need to start over from scratch. And one of the things that we have said time and time again, if you do go the zip fit route, you're going to have this liner for a damn long time. It's kind of crazy the durability of these things. Um, so also something to think about. And I mean, as we've tested so many products at Blister over the last 12 years, this is still absolutely something that uh, I think we can just say with certainty continues to be true about zip fit liners is the durability of them. I, I have yet to see another liner that competes, actually even comes close in terms of that longevity durability factor. So, yep, agreed. And uh, I think, well, you just said one of the keywords that I kind of think too when I think zip fit, which is longevity, and the other being consistency. So, I guess, Jeff, if you just kind of want to break down those two words as far as how zip fit is achieving both consistency and longevity and some of the sort of techniques that a zip fit inner boot utilizes so that those two things hold true with every zip fit liner that is manufactured. Yeah, certainly. Thanks. So durability, consistency, and fit, um, both contributing to the longevity of a liner. Um, we have customers who their liners don't look great. They definitely don't smell great, but they have over a thousand days of skiing in them and that's consistent fit and they still swear by it. They don't want new liners. Theirs are still going strong. Um, you know, the exterior of the zip fit, it's not going to look as pretty as it does when it's when it's brand new, um, you'll probably see minor tears and webbing. You might, you know, pull out a lace loop after a couple, a uh, couple hundred days or something. But what comes down to the the durability and consistency and fit of a zip fit is the materials we're using and how they're structured. So instead of building a liner out of either fully open cell foam or closed cell foam, we have a couple different materials that. We use, we select them very specifically for their purpose through the toe box. It's a, a neoprene. Neoprene is flexible, so it stretches. Um, it doesn't necessarily stretch out and lose its stretch. You can think of a wetsuit, similar material. Inside the toe box, it's neoprene and then Thinsulate, offering a little bit of insulation and then merino wool. So we try to have a toe box that's going to stay warm for you for however many days you're skiing in that liner. That toe box, because it can stretch to conform to the width of your foot, you're not packing out areas of that toe box where you know you might have a sixth toe issue or a bunion that puts too much pressure on one specific area. So when you fit a zip fit, you don't need to use you know um, toe sleeves to create more toe box room. It really conforms to the width of your toe box. Through the midfoot, we use a microfiber or leather material, depending on the model. 
that material is really durable. And that's where like the structure of the liner comes from a really durable uh, side panel material with a reinforced plastic cuff with this rubberized honeycomb that's meant to reduce vibrations. In terms of the durability, we're getting a lot of durability from that microfiber side panel, which it's going to continue to break in a little bit and conform to the fit of your leg, but it's not going to break down. Um, inside of that side panel, that's where our OMFIT cork is. So the cork material we use, and you can think of just a wine cork if that's easier to picture. Corks are really responsive, so they have energy. If you throw a cork at the ground, it's going to bounce. They they thus keep their shape. So if you try to pack out the cork material, it's going to have rebound or respond. Along with that, it is thermodynamic, so you can warm it up. It becomes more malleable or enters like a, a flow-like state. So it'll migrate from areas of high pressure to low pressure when you're doing that fit. A key element of zip fits is they're customizable. You can add more cork. If you need to, you can remove cork. It's definitely a little harder. We've definitely refined the practice. It's it's pretty straightforward. So the fact that you can get a liner, ideally you select the liner that's the right volume for your foot and shell combination. It might fit perfect for the first 200 days. After 200 days of your shin just pressuring in on that same part of the tongue, you might actually migrate some of that cork from right over the shin bone to the wings of that tongue. You can add more cork right to that shin bone and refresh that fit. That's something you can do numerous times. It's not a one and done fit. You can add cork as many times as you want. You can really change the volume of the liner so that it works for your foot. So the cork material, because cork doesn't go bad, right? Like basically that, like if you ski in a closed cell foam liner a bunch and it gets packed in with sweat, eventually you can break the tongue of that liner. It'll crack. Um, you're not going to have that with cork. It maintains its properties through its lifespan. And we've had cork sitting out for, for many decades in Sven's garage. It still has that same malleability, the same responsiveness. Um, so cork in the side panels, as well as throughout the tongue, really are what provide that consistent fit. Achilles channels and like heel hold and kind of that Achilles foot positioning, that's like the special sauce of a zip fit is when you really get in there and feel that heel click and those ankle pockets really form around your ankles. If things get a little looser, adding more cork to the tongue of that liner is going to pull your leg back into that Achilles channel and lock everything back in. So, um, you know, it's not like this product maintains everything about it for, for a thousand days. It's, it's really designed to work with the customer, um, with that skier to, perform for them. It's not going to blatantly fall apart. If it does, please call me, email me. You know, that's likely a warranty issue and you'll get a lot of really solid skiing. So not only more skier days, but better skier days. Well, and, and we already kind of said this, but to your point too, we talked about, Hey, you know, hang on to your shell. You might just need to get a new liner, but, and again, just to try to keep it clear for people who haven't had enough coffee today, if you do end up getting a new shell, this should, again, assuming you're staying within a sort of size, you know, and fit range, you can transfer that liner because we do this all the time at Blister. I have a lot of boot fitters, whether it's 
you guys at Blister, um, you know, America's best boot fitters, like who tell me they test all boots with their zip fit because it's not a secret. A lot of ski boot companies shirk the responsibility of creating a great ski boot liner. Um, it's not the sexiest part of the boot. It's not the marketable part of the boot. So like that liner varies so much shell to shell. You can be in that same 130 class, you know, on piece performance ski shell for like your former racer and the ver uh, ver uh, variance in liner from shell brand to shell brand can be enormous. Um, so I see liners out there, you know, stock liners. And sometimes I look at them like, this is a sweet liner. Like kudos to this brand for putting the attention in here because like, this is a great product. That doesn't mean it's not without flaws. And that doesn't mean that ZipFit is a flawless product either. Um, but it's, it's good to know that, you know, a shell can have a lot of integrity and I have skiers come in who take their race liner from a pair of Firebirds and throw it in their touring boot because they like the performance of the Firebird liner in their zero G's more. And like, that's awesome. One thing you should know if you're, you're thinking about ZipFit is like, we're going to encourage you to play with your gear and we want you to figure out, you know, what, what do you need? Do you need more cork over the instep? Do you need more, uh, you know, cork kind of just on the lateral side of your instep? Playing with your fit and understanding like how those minute changes might affect your skiing is going to make you both a better skier and a more informed consumer when it comes to gear. So we definitely encourage like liner swapping, shell swapping when we test shells on compatibility, which is something we try to do each season. We definitely are taking the same zip fits and putting them in numerous different shells. I got to ask this. Back to this question of, because I, I do not do this as a practice, Kara knows what I'm going to say. Philosophically, I'm actually a bit opposed to putting a zip fit into every shell that if I'm out like to review a boot on Blister, I feel like I'm supposed to be weighing in on that sort of stock package. And so... To be very honest, this is actually why I have been skiing my zip fits less because it's also why I hate reviewing boots. It's like the fucking worst. Um, but because I'm like, I, 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 I don't, I, I, on the one hand, I'm like, absolutely. If I could just standardize the variable of the liner, that'd be amazing for my life. But I'm not sure that that is providing consumers with the best information, I feel like we need to, if we're seeing something that's developing or odd about a stock liner, and as you just said, not all stock liners are created equal by any measure. Now we're just off into like, well, how does one test and review gear? I think the answer is yes. And because if you, if you have a pretty moderate neutral foot and you can hop Which he into, does. yeah, and you can hop into most 98 or even, even like a, yeah, that, you know, the RS140 or Raptor, you know, 140 RS, like any of the 95 last boots, if you can just step into those and go ski them, you are graced with some easy feet for boot fitters, um, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But what, what you're, I guess, not necessarily getting is if someone's testing each boot with the same liner that they know fits their foot and they don't yeah. have an easy foot, yeah. yeah, it's all what's tolerable. Yeah. And if, yeah. if this 
skier has a really high instep and they've got their liners dialed and they know it's going to give them a better, uh, better position testing these shells. You can definitely test ski ability, stiffness, uh, whether it has a walk mode or not, whether or not you can actually feel play in that walk mode. You can get so much from testing a ski boot shell, keeping the liner the same. There's also a lot you can get from swapping the liner. So that's where I think it is each ski tester's responsibility to know their foot. And if, if there's going to be such intense pain points through the forefoot where, you know, they have a six toe issue, you're not going to get good testing in that shell to begin with. Fair enough. Yep. Kara, what's yeah. your current practice? I mean, I am on the exact opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to Jonathan's foot versus mine. Like I have a very complicated foot. Um, so, you know, I, I've been doing a fair bit of boot testing. I just spent a bunch of time in the RC4 BOA and my common practice right now is to like have a couple like sacrifice days where I basically just know I'm going to be in pain because of all the unique aspects of my foot that really have a hard time like tolerating stock liners. And I sacrifice that just so I can kind of get a feel for like what the fit is. But this is me like having been a boot fitter for over a decade and knowing a lot about my personal foot and knowing that I can separate out certain things that are going on with what I'm experiencing versus what the boot and the liner are doing. I've been very transparent about this um, is that I tend to ski as it fit in almost every boot that I test because that's what works for me. Knowing the consistency that the zip fit is providing, I can parcel that out from like what's actually going on with the boot in regard to flex and suspension and everything else. So this is just like the only way I can actually review ski boots is using my zip fit to get like a long-term review out on something. If I had to ski a stock liner for the long-term review, I would be pretty miserable and I'd probably just throw in the towel in as far as boot fit or boot reviewing goes in general. And Jonathan, to your point, like, I actually have also, a, I have a little bit of a wider forefoot, but I have a very easy foot to fit. And like, I can test ski boots without any orthotic, literally just stepping into them right off the bat and like get a pretty good feel for it. My preference is still having my footbed and my liner. And that's like, that's really to each their own. I think most boot testers are going to tell you they're putting their footbed. I only do that. I will only. So, okay. Uh, so yeah, it is, I, there's each, there's, you know, different layers to this, but really it's, if a, if a tester is going to have comfort in the boot and be able to actually like use the boot to a point where they can get on hill and test it, that's, that's what we're looking for, right? Like if, if you can't even get out on the slope, it's, it's not going to be helpful. And I, like I tried that tie guard Dinafit um during blister and that's an awesome boot it's stiff i probably could have been in a 25.5 with that stock liner and i ski a 26.5 i put my liner in that boot and everything came together nicely it fit better had i tried to go out in that 26.5 it's a pretty roomy fit and i would have been swimming in some in some way so it's it's the same with with the consumer is you know let's let's make sure there is a solution for each skier and if you're graced with a, a simple foot more power to you that's awesome hashtag blessed jeff me and you <laughs> i said graced but graced. yes hashtag, hashtag graced. graced that's not that's not as social media you know trending grace i was trying know. to avoid using uh using blessed but so it be <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be nice 
All right. Well, I think we should zoom out a little bit. I know, Jeff, at the Blister Summit, you and I were talking a bit about how ZipFit used to rely solely on word of mouth and retailers. And we've kind of seen the brand change and evolve a bit over the last few years. So I think it'd be interesting to hear what has changed. I mean, what's going on with you guys um, as far as the growth that we've seen, but then also maybe just take it back a little bit to Sven's legacy and how you've kind of maintained that throughout the growth of the brand. Yeah. So I want to start by just giving amazing credit to the boot fitters that have been fitting zip fits for many decades and selling them from their local ski shops. Um, Charlie Webb and Mountain Peak Designs, who is our distributor and the shops that he and his team have worked with for a long time, kept zip fit afloat. Um, word of mouth endorsement is definitely our still our primary marketing uh, uh, strategy. But those boot fitters, um, you know, made ZipFit a staple in Tahoe, in Salt Lake, in Jackson, where pretty good places to have a stronghold in the ski industry. So huge kudos to all of those ski shops. Um, we talk a little bit about the fact that ZipFit went from being a landline business to an online business. And that's because if, if you were trying to find ZipFits, and you weren't in Salt Lake City or Tahoe or one of these kind of strongholds, it was really challenging. And there wasn't phone number listed. It was for Mary and Sven's house. And you'd call and Mary would write down your name, the liner you want, and your address. And she'd ship you the liner. She'd bring it down to UPS and you'd mail her a check. That was like, that was our direct-to-consumer, if you will operation until 2020. So Mary and Sven approached their grandson, um, Mary's grandson, Chris Dominic, about taking the helm of ZipFit and uh, helping with the brand as they're both uh, in their early and mid 80s now. And that's a pretty easy place to start is like, let's provide a focalized um, source of truth or, uh, or material uh, you know, in a website where people can learn about ZipFits, where they can see the different models we carry. And uh, if you know, you're know you not in an area with a really great boot fitter, order them yourself. So that happened in 2020, um, this switch from landline to online. And Chris brought in myself and another gentleman, Thomas, who's positioned over in Italy. Um, we've been working with the same manufacturer since Sven started ZipFit. And Sven started ZipFit out of Footloose Shop in Mammoth, uh, the same place where he kind of designed and um, conceptualized Superfeet insoles. So he worked on Superfeet for a while, decided he wasn't done with ski boots, wanted to continue digging his teeth into the inner boot, um, and started ZipFit, you know, and toying around with foam injection, silicone injection, uh, and eventually cork while he was working in Mammoth in the late 80s. Um, today, we still work with the same manufacturer. We're now a team of four. We operate here in the US, um, Canada, Europe, and then we've got some presence down in New Zealand, Australia, and in Japan and China. Um, we're still a very small team. And what we've done is we've just amplified that word of mouth endorsement. Um, so there's now a place that people can land and learn more about ZipFits, see some of these testimonials. The most amazing thing on my side as, as the brand director is 
you know, I was tasked with creating copy and content for skiers to learn about ZipFit, as well as creating an athlete team, as well as numerous other things. Sven has big shoes to fill. <laughs> as well as, yeah. But uh, in the first like four months of creating social media and a website, I started getting outreach from like some of just the best athletes in the world being like, I've been skiing in these liners for like a decade. I didn't even know the brand still existed. Um, these have made skiing, you know, way better or possible or have let me continue my ski career. Um, can I work with you guys? And that's like a really special place to be as a brand. Um, across the board, we aren't really doing much with marketing. You know, when we got involved in 2020, we like picked up a blister buyer's guide and we we're like, yo, we won an award in blister. Mm -hmm. There's like no communication with blister. No, since Sven did yeah. an interview <laughs> we, we in 2014. Yeah. Um, like this is awesome. And I think started getting noticed by maybe a couple other magazines, uh, have put out either pieces on Sven and his legacy or on ZipFit. So, um, in so many ways we've come in to try to be that rising tide that lifts all ships. We learn where people are from. We tell them, you know, you're in Gunnison, RB's your guy. He got zip fits, go see him. You're in Salt Lake. You're fortunate to have 12 shops that have zip fits in your, you know, um, perimeter or in your zone, go see them. Um, and then those folks who are in Michigan and Alaska and Yellowknife and whatnot, New York city, we, we work with directly and, uh, we're always here to educate and try to offer any insights into zip fit, the products, um, where to find them. One other small thing before I hand it over is like, yeah, we have iterated on Sven's designs and we've tried to introduce area like new liners where we saw gaps in what ZipFit's offerings were. Um, all of that work was very closely consulted with Sven and with professional athletes who have been using the product and came to us saying, be pretty sweet to have a touring liner or, you know, it'd be pretty sweet to have, you know, more of a, an all leather liner to, to kick back to the early days of Sven's heritage and, um, you know, that might work better for someone like a ski patroller. So that's the inception of the GFT, um, the course of race liner, the workhorse. So we brought new products to market, but very much with, uh, our three brand values of kind of fostering community, um, keeping skiing and its heritage alive and only changing product where we see a necessary, uh, reason for change. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to look at how the brand has grown and evolved since 2020, which is not that long. Um, but I am curious, maybe if you could just speak a bit more to like how you've maintained brand identity and also kind of kept the legacy and heritage of ZipFit and everything that Sven Coomer has designed, um, kind of at play and really central to all that you've done since 2020. Yeah. So a lot of people might not understand this, but the last of a ski boot, it does refer to the width measurement of your forefoot. It also is the actual mold that a liner or inner boot is built around. Um, Sven, and he's done a lot of amazing things in the ski boot design world. One of them is designed a near perfect last for a 98 uh, you know, width or last foot. And that's the mold we still use, right? So 
everything we're doing from the ground up with ZipFit in terms of product design, that's still with Sven's direction. And, um, you know, really with his 60 plus years of commitment to actually honing in on this design that we're using. So for folks who don't know, Sven really ushered in the transition from leather boots to plastic ski boots that have a liner inside of them. Along that journey, he created the the last really excellent leather boot in the Nordica Sapporo. He then created the banana boot, which was one of the, the first real like super popular ski boot uh, in the late 60s. In 1975, he made the Nordica Grand Prix. That Nordica Grand Prix is our modern ski boot. The dimensions, the the shape, whether you ski a, a Redster or a Doberman or, you know, it is the modern ski boot came from Sven's 1975 Grand Prix. Four buckles, inner boot, uh, power strap, the shape. It, it looks incredibly similar and there's good reason. Uh, he nailed it. What was missing was that inner boot. And when he was working with Koflak, which is, um, gosh, I'm blanking on who Koflak became. He innovated the foam injection liner. It wasn't what he wanted. He abandoned it. Working with Munari, which is now head, he innovated the silicone injection liner. It wasn't what he was looking for. He abandoned it. He He's done so much with where we are today in ski boots. Um, so if we weren't listening to him or paying attention to him, we'd be pretty, pretty foolish. Um, he still knows more about the foot mechanics and ski boots and how those two things are not really made to go together, but yet we put them together and we have this excellent joy on the mountain called skiing. Um, so Sven's very much involved still, uh, this, uh, month he's going to be inducted into the ski of, uh, hall of fame for the U S for the first real boot fitter and pioneering the art of boot fitting, but also some of his ski boot designs. Sven, yeah, Sven and Mary are, you know, weekly involved with Zipfit. We go up and, and hang out with them. Got to bring Sven out to the World Cup races this past weekend, which was really special. Really showcase him in Aspen and uh, the the number of old friends who were excited to see him out and about was was really cool. In terms of his kind of impact on Zipfit, you know, we went with Sven's retro, you yeah. know, 1989 yep. or whatever uh, Zipfit rainbow logo. And we're just <laughs> like, Sven was on to something here. Let's yeah. commit to that. Yeah. Um, the acid green and blue that's on all of our like power strap and laces. It's like, all right, at this point, that's our identity. So we're going to embrace it. Even if that's a pretty hard color scheme to make a t-shirt off of. <laughs> um, so there's a lot that we still hold on to from Sven. And uh, I think Sven will be the first to tell you, he hasn't skied in a couple of years and, you know, ski touring, the hybrid boot. These are evolutions that are, after his contributions to the ski industry. So in that case, we're really leaning on our athletes, our boot fitters, our shops and dealers and uh, skiers to, to crowdsource really what people are looking for to be able to offer them something that, that fits the bill. Great overview and, and good history there. But there's one very specific question I've been wanting to ask you about. And that is sort of a question about a truly low volume zip fit liner because I tend to run a pretty tight shell fit and 
you know, I, so like, for example, I'm not at all sure that I, like, I'm so sure I literally actually haven't even tried, but like, I often will ski kind of a reference ski boot for me these days is the Atomic Redster uh, Club Sport. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting my Gara zip fit liner in this shell. And so I'm just curious, what about people who are running a really tight shell fit and um, where should people go today? Is this something you guys are thinking through, working on, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Um, great question, Jonathan. That club sport, it's, there's a, a, a narrow window of these really high performance rec boots that are typically in the 130, 140 flex and have a 95 to 96 millimeter last. You've got the new boot from Kessley. You've got the Head Raptor, the Club Sport. You've got the Lang RS140. There aren't that many of them, but it turns out the skier that skis that boot wants performance and often comes to zip fit. So we hear from that skier pretty frequently. And you actually might be surprised because your uh, your zip fits have had a good number of ski days and yeah. they might be worn in just enough that it actually would fit for you in that Club Sport. Sometimes I want like, that like, you know, like that gap, like pre pre-worn denim look of a zip fit of like, oh, a used zip fit would be perfect for you because that microfiber is like massaged and softened and it'll come together over the instep better. We did release a ski boot liner called the Corsa, which is really built for 91 to 93 last boots. But Certainly, because zip fits are customizable, you can add more cork material to it to make it that right fit for a 95 or 96 last boot. For listeners, the last of the boot, that that wide part of the forefoot, because zip fits have a neoprene forefoot, in some ways, like, don't worry so much about the wide part of the foot. But the last of a ski boot shell is dictated by that measurement. So the amount of volume through the ankles and the instep and kind of the, the midfoot is going to be dictated by that last measurement. So when we talk about our liners, zip fits, the low volume zip fits, those have less cork composite material. The high volume zip fits, they have more cork composite material. So if you have a you know foot that you're trying to jam in a, a pretty narrow foot, uh, boot, you're probably going to want one of our lower volume liners, which is the Corsa or that Gara low volume. The Corsa um, was fully rebuilt for, you know, for racers in mind. Um, we were able to shave quite a bit of width off of the forefoot over the instep. We swapped out and actually um, put a, a new much thinner lace in it, um, got rid of the metal eyelets over the instep that are often pressure points for folks. It does have a Velcro removable tongue because most racers are looking for uh, that, I guess, customizability in their in their fit. And then um, it's it's built still on Sven's last, but by using different materials and basically different bevels or scythes, we're able to attach these side panels to the outsole and still create you know four or five more millimeters of space. Uh, in this in this inner boot, so the course is the solution for that lower volume, and I we call extra low is like that race plug boot that ninety one ninety three. Um, I think I think the boot you're talking about that club sport 
kind of fits in in that zone. It's it's right on this threshold of all right, is is the liner built for a 97, 98 last boot gonna fit? Well, it will if you have a narrower foot and uh a roomier fit. It won't if you have, you know, an average foot and a tighter fit. It's so funny. The last time that I saw you in Carbondale, right? You actually were like, yeah, man. And so here we're doing our thing and your liner's pretty old. Like, you know, take a new liner. And I was, I literally was like, no, I'm good, man. My liner is like in perfect shape. I don't know if you had it yet. We didn't. So this is new yeah, yeah. for 2023. Okay. I also want to, not, not trying to pick on you, Jonathan, but Jonathan had been skiing with one, uh, the World Cup liner and the Gara LV. They're very comparable. We tried to streamline our our lineup a little bit just to prevent confusion. But Jonathan has a pair of World Cups, and they used to come with a leather interior and a neoprene interior. Yeah. And when Sven gave them to Jonathan, he wanted him to get to feel the difference of the leather and the neoprene. And it wasn't until we were like packing up different liners, and I was like, "Jonathan, you have two different liners," and he was like, "Huh." <laughs> well, they both work. They, they um, do both work. So they we, still we work. do offer, yeah, leather-lined zip fits that just have a really, really superb heel hold and kind of have this tackiness. But if you're not fond of lacing up your liner and world cupping or, or stepping into your ski boot with the liner on, the leather liners are not for you. Um, and then we have neoprene interior liners that are a little bit easier to get in and out of. Um, by the way, I wanted to bring this up a while ago, but we've moved on, but I'm bringing it back now. Luke Coppa told me after the summit, I didn't know he was doing this. And Kara, you might, you might know this story better. Did Luke tell you too that apparently during the summit when people were like, so these zip fit things, I've heard you guys talk about them at Blister, whatever, should I try them? Or when Luke was trying to talk about like the durability of them, he was going into the back of Blister headquarters and grabbing my Gara liners and I think yours as well, Kara. Do I have this right? And he's just like going out and being like, yep. Ellsworth has about a thousand days in these liners and just our showing sti- them. Our stinky liners were on display. <laughs> so that was the thing that was happening. The things I learned after the fact. Um, yeah. But I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Apparently it worked. Apparently, yeah. apparently some people were impressed. And, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the, the terrible smell of, you know, just Kara's liners, not mine, just Kara's that didn't, didn't put them off. Well, surprisingly, thank- they don't smell too bad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, uh, for, for putting your liners out there for people to see. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, I got involved with this three years ago and when I first met Sven six or seven years ago and he gave me the the whole rundown on ZipFit, I was kind of like, what? Like I've been ski racing and like in the ski industry since I was a, you know, a toddler, I would have heard about this and that's just the reality that you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, and there wasn't a bunch of presence with ZipFit in the in the Northeast, and um, it was just word of mouth endorsements. And uh, it's cool to actually put a microphone in front of Sven's designs and in front of what he's built, because getting more skiers and ZipFits, um, we are hearing a lot more just raving reviews about kind of his design, how it's changed their skiing, and. That's a that's a nice thing to feel when folks call you kind of out of the blue to say good things. Always feels good. 
There's going to be a lot more to hear when we release the brand lineup video that we filmed at the Blister Summit. That was myself and Chris Dominic. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that brand lineup video. So for people who want more details on the specific liners, there will be a lot more there. But I also maybe just want us to touch on this new OEM partnership that you guys brought about in the recent months. And uh, yeah, how did that come to be? And maybe just give some of the details as far as what's out there or what's going to be out there come 23, 24 ski season. Yeah. So Sven had been approached a couple times over the years about trying to get zip fits in a ski boot on the shelf. Um, most companies were not willing to actually value zip fit at what it costs to make them the materials that go into it in a way that um you know wasn't compromising the performance and like really companies wanted to dumb down the zip fit but keep the name and that was something sven was never willing to do um when we got involved with zip fit in the fall of 2020 uh one of the skiers i reached out to to inquire if he would be interested in skiing for us was martin lentz and former Freeride World Tour competitor, skis for Fisher, um, had the opportunity to ski with him while testing skis at Powder Week years ago and was so impressed with him. It made an impact. I reached out. Within a couple of days, I got an email from Christoph Lentz, who had recently stepped into the position as you know category director for Alpine Ski Boots for Fisher. Uh, and he's like, hey, we've met each other, you know, Martin says really good things about what you guys make. I've heard good things from these other skiers as well. Like we need to at least explore this. And one of the things that made us, you know, really feel like Fisher was the right fit. Like not only are they also a family owned business, but they weren't asking us to compromise on the quality and the integrity of a zip fit. They weren't asking to butcher or alter Sven's design in a way that was going to make it a different product. That's now been three years in the making. Uh, it's a product we are really proud of. I think Fisher's really proud of it. The European sales force with Fisher was really enthusiastic about uh, the ZipFit performance in that RC4 Pro. As of right now, it comes in an RC4 Pro mid-volume that features the BOA and then a low volume. The two liners are different. That mid-volume liner has slightly more cork fill than the Gara LV. That low-volume liner has slightly less cork fill than the Gara LV. So they are, you know, similar to the Gara, but they're custom for Fisher. They're built for their boots. They actually have some really nice updates that Fisher was able to bring to the table in terms of their lace lock and speed lock system. They have a volume reducer that's like kind of a Velcro attachment for their cuff. So they wanted to use their cuff material in all. I think what we're bringing to the table is a performance Alpine boot in that 130 plus flex range with a fully customizable zip fit liner. And instead of that being a $900 boot and a $475 liner, that's a $990 boot or a thousand dollar boot. Um, so when you look at kind of the, the market where talking to, it is the market of the skier that's going into someone like Surefoot and trying to get a shell and a full custom liner. And we're coming at at a pretty uh, reduced price to, to that route. Um, I think the only like thing where, I guess maybe it's something we're looking forward to, not, not necessarily regrets, but we're looking forward to being able to offer that same partnership in something that's more approachable on the flex index 
from like 130 to 140 because it will open up this you know zip fit and rc4 combination to a lot more skiers if it's in that 115 120 flex so we'll see where the partnership takes us in the in the years to come but this is something that uh for zip fit has been a long time coming and if you skied that rc4 uh pro with the the mv with the boa like that that boot really does have all of the bells and whistles and i don't think there's there's a superior fit boot off the shelf that you can find well, I really look forward to watching the ZipFit brand lineup video that Kara and Chris recorded at the summit. Um, and so everybody keep your eyes out for that. That should be up probably in a few weeks, I think. From We're dropping this conversation this Friday, March 10th. And so that will be out in a bit. You'll see a lot of pretty photos of uh, this RC4 Pro and... Um, be a lot more talk in depth about these specific products. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Jeff, I told you I have to jump on a blister happy hour here in a second. You are absolutely welcome to join me on that if you like. But before we wrap up this conversation on Gear 30, we like to do this thing nowadays. We call it our crashes and close calls segment um, because we're trying to encourage people who don't have any insurance or have insurance, but with very high deductibles to go check out this blister plus spot thing we're offering. So people aren't like financially ruined when they get physically ruined. So I'm wondering if you have a memorable crash or close call story to share with us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> overview, close calls. I feel like every time I stick my hand in someone's sweaty, ski boot to pull out their insole for fitting and then forget to immediately wash my hands. They're just like close calls all the time on that front. And mm, whatever, I feel that. yeah, whatever that illness could be, I actually feel like, you know, that's, that's high up on my risk, uh, at the moment, but at blister summit, I had a pretty proper crash. Um, I, I run ultra marathons professionally and I try to take really good care of my body and when I get around a bunch of other high level skiers and, you know, get in the mix with pro skiers, I definitely like start forgetting about how important my knees are to me and, and this whole other part of my life. And <laughs> I, uh, I start just like seeking out really fun, extreme lines, which Crested Butte has a lot of. Um, so I was skiing with Turner Peterson, who's a Crested Butte local. He was showing, uh, Drew Peterson of Solomon, Chris Dominic, my business partner and I around, uh, I guess, um, high life. No, what's the staircase or, uh, we have yeah. staircase. Yeah. I'm thinking it was body in, bag. In, it was, we ski body bag next. So I got to keep skiing, but anyway, we're, we're skiing down this zone. I find this nice little, like kind of mandatory straight line. Going to have a lot of speed coming out of it. I'm on a set of demo skis. And that night I heard, you know, on the binding panel all about, yeah releaseability versus yeah. retainability. I'm coming down. I knew I had to pivot and actually put a lot of uh, pressure on my left foot as my downhill ski right on this little spine feature that went straight into a tree. So I figured if I hit that little spine feature, right, I'd redirect my energy and continue. And then I'd think through my next turn because I was going that fast and in compromised terrain. As I put pressure on my downhill ski, the demo binding released 
instead of my body weight all ending up, you know, in the direction I wanted it to go, my left foot turned and opened. My whole body started facing that tree. I took it oh. directly to my head, put oh my a God. nice dent in my helmet. I ended up grabbing my lost ski, like as I hit the tree wow. and like coming out around it and Drew and Turner were both ready to like kind of dive into like, oh my God, we just killed Jeff mode. Um, put the ski on. I was like, I think I'm fine. I'm just a little rattled. And then later that night heard, uh, you know, no big teasers, but Lars kind of give this whole like, Hey, yeah. if your binding releases, you save your knee. But if your binding releases, you take a tree to the face and you break your neck. And that was like, huh. I yeah. had you, that happen you, to me yeah, today. You know, you know about that. Um, so fortunately, Elevation Spa is a spa. So I was like <laughs> kind of trying to hop in the hot tub and flex out and get in the steam room and figure out how to uh, uncompress my spinal column, which took a pretty good whack during a blister summit. So thankful I had a helmet. Um, yeah. Thankful that I was okay. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. Skis come off sometimes when we don't want them to. Sometimes they don't come off when we do want them to. And this is why we just want all of our friends insured. This is why. So, um, damn, that's a, that's, yeah, a that's a story. That's a proper story. By the way, I did hear a number of people. Uh, you and I didn't get a chance to ski together. There's, there's like 500 people that I was literally trying to ski with at this yeah. thing. But, um, but I was hearing reports like, man, Jeff, that dude... That dude can ski. It didn't, in other words, the reports I was hearing did not sound like you were thinking hard about your your career as an ultra runner. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's that balance. You got to think <laughs> in the moment, I'm skiing really good conditions with some of my all-time idols in the ski yeah. industry. And uh, you got to huck your meat when, when there's meat to be hucked. <laughs> Well, we're very happy to hear that you are you're doing okay, and um, yeah, I mean it is it is the day to day stuff that that can get us, and uh, so everybody be smart, and we'll include a link. Please check this out, this blister plus spot thing. Just check it out, see if it would make sense for you. But for for many of us, it does, and we just we don't. That's kind of our organic tagline. Like when you get wrecked, we don't also want you to get financially wrecked. So. Um, Anyway, there's that. So, well, Jeff, thank you. Really appreciate the conversation. And uh, uh, it's cool to see what you and Chris are doing with ZipFit. And it's pretty exciting, I think. And, and as I said, kind of at the beginning, a part that is um, that means a lot to me too is just continuing to get more skiers to understand this portion of their gear. And um, God, I sure hope that over the years at Blister, we've been able to contribute to that a little bit, but like we got more work to do and um, it's just going to equate to everybody having a better time on the mountain. Uh, so it's kind of the the real end game for probably all of us in this, in this business. And so um, thanks for all of that. Yeah. Thank you guys for the support over the years, continued support. I know it means a lot to, to spend, to our our dealers and shops and boot fitters and definitely means a lot to us and our team here at ZipFit. So thanks for spreading the word. Um, appreciate you having me on. All right, you two. Um, I'll let you go for now. Kara, talk to you soon. Jeff, maybe catch you on happy hour. And uh, otherwise, you know, till the next time. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care.
All right. Well, it is now time for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment, and it is currently just about to hit midnight uh, on Thursday, March 9th. I currently have in my hand a can of New Image Brewing Ambulation. This is the collab beer that we did with New Image, and it features the artwork of Crested Butte local artist John Fellows. And, you know, it's been a long day, and uh, I love this beer. So if you haven't tried Ambulation, I don't know, see if you can find it in your local stores in Colorado, or um, go bug Brandon Caps, the founder of New Image. Maybe you can get him to make some more of it. I don't know, but I do know that I'm very happy to have this in my hand right now. Now, for this week's uh, What We're Celebrating A thing that I'm holding in my other hand is a handwritten note that we received from Carl, uh, who attended our Blister Summit. And this is such a lovely note. I just wanted to share it with you all. And furthermore, it's so nice and I think increasingly rare to receive handwritten cards. Um, This is a beautiful one. And Carl, I really appreciate you taking the time to write this and send it to us. And I just want to share this note from Carl with all of you. So this is what Carl had to say. Um, Dear Blister team, thank you. Thank you so much for an amazing summit. For this 54-year-old skier, it scratched itches I've had ever since I first got on skis at the age of 13 at Hunter Mountain in New York. I adored skiing with the Blister crew, specifically Jonathan, Sasha, and Paul, as well as Wendy Fisher, three exclamation points, and that's appropriate because anytime you get to ski with Wendy Fisher, that is absolutely worth three exclamation points. So, uh, as well as Wendy Fisher, Carl writes, uh, then I had my first touring experience on a Bluebird day with Matt Sturbins and skied the Black Ops 118 all-day Wednesday, which was a powder day. Carl also then just wrote, sorry, because technically you're not supposed to keep a ski out the entire day. We encourage, you know, like a couple hours with a ski, but don't take the ski the whole day. But honestly, right now, a Black Ops 118 on a pow day, I I can't be that mad at Carl. Anyway, um, Carl goes on. Then... He said, then I met the whole Forefront crew, including Bob Boyce, and wound up buying the MSP-99s when I got home. Turns out it's more fun when I know the designer of the ski. Huge shout out to Kristen, Sinat, and everyone who worked their tails off to make this event happen, and to Jonathan for his marathon panel sessions. Yeah, they they were a marathon, but... Fortunately, our panelists were all incredible, so um, they, they kept the energy high. And then Carl writes, if any of the Blister crew need a place to stay in San Francisco, hit me up. All the best. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next year. So that's what I'm celebrating. Uh, Carl, thank you so much. Um, it was so much fun. I'm sorry at the panel sessions that I kept sort of not allowing you to ask all the questions you had to ask, but you were asking some very good ones. And um, what a cool note. And I thought this was such a great 
kind of encapsulation of of our summit. So it means a lot, Carl. Thanks for taking the time and and doing it the old-fashioned way, handwritten. I dig that. So that's what we're celebrating. A great event, getting to ski with and meet new people. And it's been really cool to see these kinds of comments roll in from folks who had a really good experience there. So that's it. That's what we got. And that then brings us to the end of this edition of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Jeff and Kara for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these Gear 30 conversations, we would very much appreciate it if you would take 30 seconds just to leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast, because folks, we still need to hit, I believe, 750 ratings in Apple Podcasts to trigger the next Blister Crash Course video. This is the snowboard video, and I actually really want to get on a snowboard, but I'm probably just going to keep getting on skis because we have a lot of stuff to review unless you folks get us to our 750 ratings because then we have to make the snowboard video. And so it's all kind of a win-win for me. So anyway, uh, if you haven't yet and you do happen to like these gear dork conversations, let us know, leave us a rating or review, and then you get to watch me blow up on a snowboard. So it's just winning everywhere. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon.